שבוע טוב, שלום לכם, all of you listeners of this great station, a station that beams דברי תורה, דברי מוסר, דברי התעוררות, דברי הלכה, and religious music. This is Rabbi Elbaz from SLC. I'm going to be talking about the parasha we read yesterday, Parashat Ekev. It starts with the following pasuk. Behaya, Ekev tishmeun et ha-mishpatim In other words, it sounds like if, and it shall pass, it shall be that if you actually listen to these statutes, you'll keep them and you will actually fulfill them. Then, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to give three categories of blessings. Three categories. And these are extremely important for the human being. And what, what, what are these uh, three categories? It says, It's going to bless you. First, blessing children. HaKadosh Baruch is promising if you follow the mitzvot, you fulfill them, you're going to have, Be'ezat Hashem, you'll have children. There not going to be any person that's going to be sterile, man or woman. The second category is, Peri Admatecha. Degancha, Teroshcha, Visarecha. Kadosh Baruch is going to bless you with all kinds of beautiful parnasa. Parnassah, everything. You don't have to worry about the Parnassah. That's the second category. The third category is extremely important. V'hesir Hashem emecha kol holi. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will remove all kinds of sicknesses and illnesses from your midst. So we're talking about uh, this is very hefty kind of beracha if you follow the mitzvah. We're talking about Children, parnasa, and good health. That's very important. Now, of course we have 613 mitzvot, and we have to follow every single one of them. But it seems Rashi brings a midrash where there's an emphasis on what we call, or what the Mishnah calls, uh, mitzvot kalot, light Mitzvot. What does mitzvah kala mean? We really don't know exactly what it means. No such thing as mitzvah kala. Every mitzvah is important. There is not one, this one is, is light and this one is strict. But it's what the person perceives, the Mishnah, when it says, it talks about mitzvah kala and mitzvah hamura, it's only how the person perceives it. A person might think, oh, this mitzvah is very simple. Maybe it doesn't take long, therefore it's kalah. Or it doesn't cost a lot of money, and therefore it's kalah. Or it's something that only takes a couple of minutes, therefore it's... Whatever it is, is how the person perceives it. Not, God forbid, that it's going to be any lighter than the other. All mitzvot are very important. But yet it says here, Ekev tishmeu. Ekev, if you listen. Well, 
The word if in Hebrew is im, alif mem. Im, if. Why use the word ekev? So Rashi brings the Midrash. Ekev is from the word akev because it has the same three letters. Akev is the ankle. The ankle, which means actually the foot. So vehaya, in other words, if a person would be very careful in, in the fulfillment of those mitzvot that akev, dash bahem, those are light that are, which a lot of people perceive them as being light and therefore they step on a meaning, they neglect them. Those light mitzvot, if a person fulfills them, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu is promising all these three beautiful blessings. Yeah. What? Why? Because you have to realize one thing. Mitzvah, the, 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 uh, a, a person is more likely to neglect what he thinks is a light mitzvah rather than a, a, a hard one. I mean, a, a, a Jew is not, uh, is not going to say, oh, oh, oh this, this Hazir, Ahmad's son, it's okay to eat that. They said, Allah is not going to come and, and push him to eat Hazir. They said, Allah is not going to come and push him to smoke on Shabbat. That's not going to, but maybe certain light things, they said, Allah is going to come and start bugging him about it. Let's say he's sitting, he's sitting down for a meal. He's sitting in his uh, dining room. The kitchen is 20 feet away. Hey, Siddha, he starts the meal. Okay, Allah, Malishi, I don't have to wash. Why do I have to wash for? I said, I clean anyway. Doesn't matter. The people are neglecting certain important mitzvot. And you know what the Gemara says about that? Mayim Rishonim He'echilu Basar Hazir. There was a man who owned a restaurant and he had both kosher food and non kosher food. Why? He, he didn't want to advertise that he had kosher food. Why? Then he would be losing his non-kosher uh, clients. He didn't want that. So what did he do? He had his own simanim, his own way of testing. If a man walks in and he washes his hand, he gives him uh, kosher food. If he doesn't wash his hand, <laughs> he gives him terefa, Ramanat Slan. So this uh, Jew comes in, he eats kashir, but he didn't, he didn't know what's going on. But he didn't care about washing his hands. Because he walks in, so he serves him basar terefa. That's what they said. Ma'im rishonim he'echilu basar hazir. Washing hands at the beginning of the meal, like made this person eat basar hazir. God forbid. We have to be very careful. The, the, uh, uh, the, the, the light mitzvot abotai is what differentiates between the really religious and the not so religious person. There's no reason why we have to perceive certain mitzvot as being light. The older mitzvot are very important. You know, there was a story about a very wealthy businessman from England. Every rabbi that came to him, they gave him a generous donation. Every rabbi. So one time, a rabbi asks him the question. He says, uh, how come 
Every rabbi that comes, you give him. He don't even uh, differentiate. He don't distinguish between them. You give him, and you give generously. So it's a, let me give, let, let, let me tell you what happened to me way back. When he was 20 years old, his parents were very religious, and they wanted to, him to learn in the yeshiva of the Chavitz Chaim in Radim. He didn't want he wanted to be a businessman. He didn't care about learning. So he sent him there. But before you get to the yeshiva, you have to take a test. I take a test. So he takes a train, quite a long time, finally gets there. And when he gets there, they tested him, and he failed the test. He failed it. So they told him, listen, sorry, we cannot accept you. You're not fit to be in the yeshiva. So now the discussion of the uh, rabbis there came up. What should we do with him? He can't send him. It was too late to send him back. It was night already. It was dark. And if he's not fit for the yeshiva, he's not fit to uh, sleep with the, with the boys in the dorm either. So they go to the Chavetz Chaim. What should we do? So he said, you're right. He doesn't have to be, he should not sleep over in the, uh, with the others, but he can sleep in my house. Let him come to me. I'll, I'll take care of him. So he went to the Chavez Chaim house. So he took a bath. He uh, gave him food. He sent, put him to sleep in a, in a room. It was winter time. It was cold. And in the middle of the night, the Hafez Chaim walks in and he sees that he was not really comfortable. So he took his own thick coat and he put it on top of this young man and tucked him in, tucked him in to feel warm. So this wealthy man says to the rabbi, that little warmth that he gave me is still with me until today. I will never forget it. You see, Rabbi The Chafetz Chaim took him in, he bathed, gave him food, gave him lodging. That he doesn't remember. All he remembers is that extra thing. The, the extra thing, the, the coat that he put on him, that's what he remembers. Why? Because, hey, Everyone is mechuyav. Everyone is obligated with aknasat orhim. Aknasat orhim, But this, he, when you go the extra mile, you think this is a light thing. This is not so, may, may not be so important, but it is important. The light things are important to the people. Now, let me give you an illustration uh, from, uh, from the Torah. If you recall in Parashat Shemot, it says over there, Ubnei Yisrael paru vayishretsu vayirbu vayatsmu bimod meod. The Bnei Yisrael multiplied tremendously to the point that she brings six babies in one womb. A woman would have six triplets. And they re-multiplied. So Paro Instead of saying, oh, wait a minute, now we have a, uh, this is a beracha for the, 
uh, for our country here. We can use these people perhaps for commerce, perhaps for, uh, for the economy, and, and the, 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 the country will be thriving and prospering. Oh, he says, no. Let's take, let's take care of them the opposite way. Let's put them in labor camps. They're going to be working very, very hard. And what happens, they come home so fatigued, they barely have supper and go straight to sleep. This way, he thought, is going to reduce the multiplication of the, uh, the Jewish people. But it didn't happen. Can you be with any frost? The more they made a heart, the more they multiplied. So what did he do? He resorted to a different plan in Mashimu. Take all the male babies and throw them in the Nile. So he told the two midwives that were there at the time, and the Torah calls them Shifra and Pu'ah. Shifra was really Yochevet, the mother of Moshe Rabbeinu. Pua was Miriam, the sister of Moshe Rabbeinu. So why were they called Shifra and Pua? And the Midrash praises them. Shifra from the word Lishaper, to beautify, to take care of. Yochevet not only would, would, would deliver the baby, which is already a big thing, because she was not allowed to, but she also would be Mishapel, bathe the baby, clean him up, caress him, bring him to clothing, adds more things. Pua from the word to talk. Miriam would take them, talk to them like a mother talks to the baby to make him feel good. So we see now that the praise is for this extra thing. Now you said to yourself, wait a minute here. He, the king is telling them not to keep him alive at all. They actually risked their life. Because by keeping them alive means that, hey, he can kill them. They'll be executed. But not only they did that, they keep him alive, but they want the extra mile. And the praise is for the extra thing. Shifra and Pua, Mishaperet, and the other one is talk to the baby. The slight things, when you go the extra mile, that is the important. That's very, very important. This, these two great ladies who were Tzadkaniyot, they risked their life to save the babies. But the praise goes for what? For the improving and the talking, the small things. The big things, everyone is obligated to do. Unfortunately, many people neglect to do the little things. And that's no good. I know, I mean, people come to me, Rabbi, you know, I can't go to come to shul every day. I've worked, da, da, da. I, I pray at home. You can't compare praying at home to praying in the synagogue. <laughs> one is to fill at Yahin, one is to fill at Sibur. So they're neglecting. You don't neglect it. It's not uh, to them it's not important to go to the synagogue. What do you mean? The Filat Sibur. Look, here's an example. During the week in the synagogue, I have 30 people. Okay? 
On Yom Kippur, we have 400 people. I'm talking about men now. Okay? During the week, I have 30 men. Yom Kippur, 400 men. Of course, there are many ladies that come also. So we're talking about less than 10% that come during the week. Obviously, the thinking in the mind, or at least the, in the mind, they perceive going to the synagogue as being something light. Not true. The huge difference between the two. But you see, the Yasserara works slowly on the person. He starts with the light ones. And once you fall in, then he continues with the heavy ones. And that's why a person, a Jew, a good Jew has to be very careful. Fight the light ones because they're easier to fight. And once you really uh, are able to overcome these, then the other ones will fall into place nicely. At this point, I'd like to take the opportunity to switch to a different point in the parasha that talks about the man. In English, they call it mana, but it's the man, which the Bnei Israel ate in the desert for 40 years. It's something uh, that I would like to bring up. It, it's quite important. It says, Vayanecha, Vayaraibecha, Vayaachilcha et Haman. Vayanecha means Hashem afflicted you. Right? Afflicted means I give you a hard time there. Vayaraibecha, it made you hungry. How? Vayaachilcha et Haman. By giving you the man to eat. Wait a minute. What I knew is here. Where is it? Where is it? Sarot over here. Where? Which I knew. Which affliction is here? Vayraibecha made you hungry. The Hachamim go through at length to explain how the man was was something delicious. The man was something that can have in any taste that you want. You can prepare it in any way you want. You can you can cook it, you can grill it, you could uh, mash it, you could do whatever you want, bake it. You can have any taste. You can taste the chicken, you can taste the meat. Right? So what's the idea of he afflicted you and he made you hungry? But before we go any further, I would like to bring two things, two practical things that are available today. Now, people uh, in the past, people could ask or have been asking, well, you know, how, how, could, how could one food have so many different tastes? How could that be? How could, is that possible? Can chicken be, a chicken is chicken. Beef is beef. Beef, when you taste beef, it tastes, it tastes like beef. Lamb is lamb. So people may have had in the past such a suffix. But you know something? Nowadays, there is such a food. It's called tofu. You know tofu? With tofu, you know what they do? They make burgers with it. They make ice cream with it. They make uh, uh, 
uh, a whole cheeseburger. The, they did cheese with it, fake cheese. They made all kinds of things with it. Just think, if a human being can, can, can somehow find a certain food that can taste in many different ways, and believe me, when you taste, when you taste a, 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 a veggie burger that's made from tofu, a real burger that's made the right way, it tastes like a regular burger. If a human being can do that, how much more so, a million times more so, who, who can split the sea and bring 10 Makot and the Egyptians, how much more so he can create a food that would do the same? The other thing is, Chazal say that the man uh, was different from a regular food. Regular food creates bulk in your stomach. It fills your stomach. And slowly it somehow nourishes the person. The man was different. It did not create bulk. It actually would mitpashet baguf. It spreads into in, in, in the uh, uh, in the whole body, and gives it all the nourishment they need. So again, people asking, is that possible? We know something. There is such a food today. There is such a food today. There's an engineer from somewhere in the Midwest. I forgot his name. And he devise a certain food. I don't want to mention the name of the food because I, I don't want to advertise for him. You can find it in the internet if you want. And it's available in the market today that can be taken in liquid form or in powder form. And it, three meals a day, you just drink something three times a day, and that's it. And it gives you all the nourishment you want. You don't have to go to the restaurant. You don't have to cook. You don't have to do anything. So if a human being can devise such a thing, how much more so a Baruch can do so? But you see, the believer doesn't have any questions like that. One who believes, he knows the creations of the Borei Olam. A Borei Olam can create the world. How, how easy it will be for him just to create a food that doesn't have to create, that have bulk into the stomach. Nothing. Who amar vayehi. Hashem says and it's there. Just, I'm just saying this for the person who might think differently or who might have any safek. Well, these things are practical enough. We find them nowadays in the market. So what's this vayannecha? What's this vayannecha? He afflicted you with the man. What's the affliction that we asked before? Well, the idea is, is like this. When a, a person, let's say a person, a person who has a job, let's say, and he works uh, every day, at the end of the week he gets a salary, his mind is at peace, he knows he has a job, no problem bringing food for him, for his family, and so on. What if a man has no job? He has nothing. Every day he's going to worry. Every day his mind's not at peace. He's going to worry. 
So the man was coming only on a daily basis. So today they have food. So maybe the next day not going to be any food. You don't know. So that's 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 why Annecha. To them, it was why Annecha. This is Inui. Perhaps that's the only Inu that possibly can be here. But why did Hashem do that? Because they they give a parable of a king who had a son, and he gave him a certain amount of money for the year. And the son goes all over, has a good time here, there, all over the place, and at the end of the year, he comes to visit his father. Daddy, give me uh, for the next year. So the father became smart. He says, my son, I love my son. He comes to me only once a year. I'm not going to give him on a yearly basis. I'll give him money on a monthly basis. So now the son comes every month. He says, you know what? I'm going to give him on a weekly basis. So now the son comes to visit his father every week. So the idea behind it, Akadosh Baruch Hu wanted the Bnei Israel to pray to Hashem that he should have the food the next day. Hashem wants us to pray to him. Yeah, he wants us to pray. Every day, he gives him the, he gives him the, the, uh, the man today. What's going to happen tomorrow, we don't know. Okay. So they pray to Hashem, please Hashem, give me, give me, give me food tomorrow. So perhaps that's, that, that's the affliction. What about make you hungry? Well, you know, uh, make you hungry could be because the Bnei Israel in their mind, here they have a beautiful uh, uh, food that really nourishes them and gives them strength and vitality and, 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 and concentration in their mind. But they didn't have the bulk in their stomach. And that bothered them. It's like making you hungry. Why? Because this is like this. We want meat. Give us meat. They want something in their stomach. Zachanu daga. Remember the, the fish we had? <laughs> and Nechtiknetog. They had no fish. What fish? What no fish? Eta batiach. The watermelon. What do you mean? What watermelon? They wanted what? They wanted to see the watermelon. They wanted the green on the outside and the red on the inside. They want something that fills their stomach. So perhaps we can perceive that as being via Yebecha. Or, as I've uh, <laughs> I've heard about this uh, Midrash, very interesting, that the man for the tzaddikim, the man felt Fell like by their by their door, but the door there, the, all they had opened the door and the, the man is right there. For the benonim, they gotta go maybe uh, you know, hundred yards away or whatever, two hundred yards away. For the rishayim, they had to go oh maybe a mile away. So what happened now? If a person sins, the next day, his man's gonna be a mile away, so he has to go way away. Way, way far. And the people are going to see him. They say, oh, this man sinned. So what does he do? He doesn't go. 
He doesn't want people to, to everybody to know that he sinned. So, so, so perhaps that's why the Ibecha, because some people sinned and they, they, were, they were afraid to go far away. And they didn't have, they didn't have food for the day. Possible. A little far fetched, but it's possible. So I'll go upon him. This is what we say by Anecha, by Yar Ibecha. The Inui, and this whole thing is only as the Bnei Israel perceived it. There was no Inui, there was no uh, hunger. They had plenty enough to keep him strong, to keep him healthy, to be able to take care of everything that they had to do throughout the 40 years in the desert. So, Rabotai, I want to just uh, end up by uh, recapitulating that a person should be extremely uh, uh, careful about the light mitzvot that we discussed at the very beginning. As it says in the Mishnah, Hevi zahir Be very careful about the light mitzvot as well as the, the one you perceive to be the strict ones. There are no light and strict ones. They're all important. But it's in the mind of the person. But we have to be very, very careful. And that's where it says, Ekev shon akev. Those mitzvot that, as the Midrash says, a person dash by him, steps on them, meaning that he neglects them. Cannot be neglected. shalom. Those are important. And those are the ones that Yetzirah is going to hit you on. Be very careful. And Be'ezat Hashem, now, as uh, Elul is coming now, so we really have to re recommit ourselves as Elul is coming. This is Hodesh Arahamim. This is a time when we have to stop praying to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And this is the time that we have to recommit ourselves to be very careful with every single mitzvah and try to do as many mitzvahs as possible. Amen. Let me just mention again that be as much as you can, try to help this, uh, this station, which I believe does a lot of good and benefit in this community, both for the young and the adult. As much as you can help, please try to do so. Let me also say that we have a, a, a beautifully renovated uh, social hall in our shul. Uh, those of you that have not seen it yet, I think you would pay just to come and take a look at it. It's really beautiful. Any simha that you have, wedding, bar mitzvah, uh, or, or, or brit milah, or engagement, or hanna, whatever, I think you, you, you would find it very satisfactory. In fact, last week we had the Hanna, it was absolutely gorgeous. And if you have a chupa, we have a chupa in our shul. It would pay for you to come just and look at our uh, breathtaking uh, Arona Kodesh. Unbelievable. Come and take a look, you'll be very happy. Shavuot Atov and Shalom to all of you.